0: Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. All right. Well, welcome and good morning, everyone. Hope everybody's having a good day today. As always, I am super appreciative of the opportunity to share today's message. If you happen to be watching online, we want to say welcome to you today as well. Please leave us a comment in the chat. We would love to hear from you today. So as I shared the last time I was up here, about a month or so ago I believe, I think if you remember I told you I'm not much of a movie fan. And I did get a little bit of grief after that. But what I want you to to do know is that I do love to read. In fact, I would always prefer a good book over the television any day. Any other bookworms in the room today by show of hands or by myself, that's great. If you're watching online today and you happen to love books as well, maybe leave a comment in the chat and say, hey Chris, I'm a bookworm too. So we are in uh, part four of our summer series, Summer Reading. And we're taking a look today at the book, Winning the War in Your Mind, Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life. Now as we've shared uh, in the previous weeks leading up to today's message, We're not necessarily preaching from the book themselves, but we are extracting some good tips out of some of these books, putting them in light of God's word, and hopefully at the end of the message, we've got some great practical application that we can apply to our Christian lives. But the author of this book, Craig Groeschel, is indeed one that we have explored in past summer reading series. He is the founding pastor of a church known as Life Church. And let me tell you, this church is a 32-campus church that spans across multiple states. He has authored 16 books, one of which we're going to be exploring today. And Pastor Craig and Life Church have not only been able to enjoy and been blessed with incredible growth, but they've been blessed with the creation of two things: the online church platform and the UVersion Bible app. So if you happen to be watching online today and you're watching by way of the Coastal website, you are benefiting from their work through the online church platform. And perhaps is there anyone in the room who has not taken the opportunity to check out the YouVersion Bible app? I think pretty much everybody has, right? But the book itself, is a very easy read, but perhaps one of the greatest aspects of this particular book is Pastor Craig's transparency as he shares his struggles in his thinking that he's had to overcome. He he shares in the book how the Lord has helped him to reframe his thinking in a way that would have otherwise derailed his life, his relationships, his marriage, and perhaps even his ministry. Now, this war, although we don't like to think of it as such, is a real battle that wages in our heads. And the fighting and the casualties that it causes in the lives of so many people gives us pause to stop and to talk about it today. Allow me to share a story if you will because from time to time I do like to share the occasional story. So if you will, just imagine in your mind for just a moment it's 2013 and picture an army unit that's been sent to Iraq and they've been in country for about three months. And they're pulling guard duty in the middle of the night. The security team is guarding the camp while the rest of the soldiers are indeed sleeping. But in the dead of the night, the firing of a rifle breaks the silence of the darkness and the camp instantly spins into a controlled frenzy as soldiers make their way racing to fighting positions and leaders begin the process of getting accountability. They need to know, is anyone in the camp missing? Where did the rifle fire come from? Has anybody been wounded? Or is there some additional enemy in the area? Moments later, there's a piercing scream into the night, the cry out for a medic. And over and over again, you hear the cries for the medic to come. And so you have a young, untested army medic who races off into the night where he ultimately finds a 26-year-old soldier lying on his back and he's barely breathing. The medic starts to frantically cut away the uniform as warm blood starts to cover both of his hands. He finds a, a rifle wound through the center of his, this guy's chest and exiting out through the back shoulder. Blood, friends, is everywhere, and despite desperate measures to try to save this young soldier's life, the life and the color quickly leaves his face, and he dies right there in the dirt and then the dark, thousands of miles away from home. You see, that young soldier had been fighting a battle aside from the one that was already happening there in Iraq. This young man had, was, had grown both mentally and spiritually battle-weary, and he chose to chamber one round, one bullet of ammunition into that rifle. With one hand, he took the end of that rifle and he put it to his chest, and with the other free hand, he reached down and he pulled the trigger, thereby ending his life and giving the victory to the enemy. In this particular moment, gone are the hopes for the future. Never would this young man know the joys of what God had planned for his life. Gone are the opportunities for fellowship and friendship. Gone are the opportunities for marriage and potential children. And gone are the opportunities for life's accomplishments. You're thinking, now that's graphic. Is this even a true story? I can honestly tell you, friends, that this story is very, is very real. And the war in, this, in the mind of this young man had been fought, but had been, but it had ultimately resulted in his defeat. And for us, the idea of winning the war in our minds is not just some silly, cute little tagline that we use for a Sunday morning message, nor is it just another topic of one of a thousand different Christian reads that are out there. The reasoning why I want to share this story with you is simply this, death and utter destruction is the ultimate goal of our enemy in this war that rages in our minds. And make no mistake, you and I, we are all in the fight. There's a war raging in our minds every single moment of every single day. There is this continuum, if you will, that exists where we are all affected by this war from one end of the spectrum to the other. And for some, the battle today is dire and difficult. There are broken relationships, children who are sick and in crisis. There are significant financial and health challenges and a wonder as to how much more one can stand, seeing situations as if there are no way out. For others, what people have said about you in the past, the pain that they have inflicted upon you has made the war in your mind more than you can handle. And there are others who are constantly tormented with the thoughts and the accusations that come from our past failures and mistakes. And if that were not enough, we've got the whispers of an enemy who whispers things in our ears such as, you aren't smart enough. No one likes you. No need to bother trying because you're just going to fail and embarrass yourself. I wonder if that describes anyone In the room today. I really like this quote from the book, Winning the War in Your Mind. It says, the life we have is a reflection of what we think and what we think will determine who we will become tomorrow. Pastor Craig Groeschel goes on to say this, our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. What we think will indeed shape who we become. So, if we're going to acknowledge that there is indeed a war happening in our minds, acknowledge the fact that this enemy that we face is very real, and at the very least, he, the devil, wants to keep us from doing and being who God created us to be, and if he can get away with it, get us to a place where we live defeated lives, or even in some of the extreme cases, end our lives, like the young soldier we just talked about, and if we can recognize that our thoughts can very much affect our realities, then what should we be doing to not only engage but win the war in our minds? And friends, today, I don't want us to talk about just accepting and dealing with the reality that the war exists, but I want us to talk about what we can do to actually engage and win the battle. Well, there are some things that we can do to help bring about the win that we seek. And the first one is this. We must remove the lies and then replace them with the truth. It's important for us to establish a few realities if we're going to effectively win the war in our minds. First, the acknowledgement that your mind is a battlefield and the battle for your life is nearly always won in the space between your ears. It is a war zone and you are under attack. And it's critical that we become aware of the, of the attack because we cannot change what we choose not to confront. And if you ignore the battle. Rest assured, you will lose the battle. But that's often what we do, right? We place the blame and the focus on the circumstances that are troubling us. Or even worse, we place the blame on the people around us for the woes that we are experiencing. And you know what? That's exactly what the enemy wants you to believe. There's an old saying that goes like this. Perhaps you've heard it. It says that the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he doesn't exist. You see, Satan doesn't want you to believe in him because his tactics are always so subtle. And he knows that if he can get you to ignore him, to forget you to forget that he's at work in your life right now trying to train wreck you, to convince you to place blame in places other than him, then he has the freedom to invade your mind unimpeded. He is able to sow the seeds of doubt and confusion and worry depression, anger, and anxiety. And these things will just continue to grow and fester even in the mind of the most devout believer. And the lie, whatever that lie might be, will continue to hinder you, trouble you, and keep you from being who the Lord wants you to be. Listen to this truth coming from God's word. And rest assured, it's a truth that Satan would love for you to forget. It's in John chapter eight and verse 44. It says, he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and a father of lies. Make no mistake, Satan is conniving and trying to lock us in the prison of lies. But I want you to understand this. The only way you and I become prisoners of war is if we choose to be. You see, the enemy's strategy to win the battle in your mind is to get you to believe lies. And if you believe his lies, it will hold you back from doing what God has called you to do. Anyone here today or watching online feeling held back today? And it's these same lies that keep you living in the shame of your past. Anyone here in the room or online feeling stuck in the past? Friends, the real truth is simply this, Jesus Christ wants to set you free for a better future. Now, can I just be perfectly honest with you all for a moment? I myself have fallen prey to many of these lies. The lie that I'm not good enough or smart enough. The lie that I'm not good enough or smart enough. My past limits my opportunities. The lie that I've, I've made too many mistakes to do anything great for God the lie that people don't think very highly of me. So Coastal, let me ask you this. What lie is wearing you out right now? What have you been deceived into believing? What comes to mind? If you you would like to take a next step, if you would like to be so bold and you're watching online today, put it in the chat. If you're here in the room today, take that lie and put it on that connect card. Bring the lie from the darkness into the light. Take a next step and challenge our prayer team, our pastors, and our staff to pray against those lies in your life and for you in the week ahead. And while you are doing that, listen to this truth from the Apostle Paul from Philippians chapter four and verse eight. It says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And even Jesus himself would say in John chapter 14, verses six and seven, I am the way and the truth and the life. And the psalmist even understood the truth in writing this. In Psalms chapter 86, verse 11, it says, teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Again, the battle for your life, friends, is won and it is lost in your mind. But the problem is, most Christians don't wage war at all. Meanwhile, Satan is assaulting us with evil. He's delivering blow after blow of deception. He's bombarding us with lies. Friends, we simply will not make it as Christians living a life oblivious to the attacks. And you know what's very interesting? Christians long for so much more But ultimately, we settle for so much less. Christians fall prey to the trap of knowing the truth in their head, but living out as if they believe the lies. But to win the battle for our minds, we have to engage. We engage by replacing the lies with the truth of God's word. We engage by not believing the whispers of the enemy in our ears, but by believing what Jesus Christ has proclaimed about all of us and the truth that exists about us. So winning the war in our minds, we must first remove the lies and replace them with the truth, and then there's this. We must be mindful of the mental ruts. Let me ask you a quick question. Have you ever driven down an old country road with those well-worn ruts? Country folks would tell you to do what? Keep the tires in the ruts and keep going forward and you'll be just fine. But, if you ever, but have you ever looked back on your life, though, and visualized your life as a road? Now, I highly doubt there would be many people here who would picture in their heads a perfectly paved straight road, right? Most of us have probably stood before that muddy, rut-filled road known as life and thought the only way to go is to press on forward. Pressing on through the same old, hoping at some point the ruts will give way and ultimately we'll be, have the opportunity to go in a different direction. We think and we say things like, well, it is what it is, Or we'll think and say things like, well, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. I wonder though, if there's someone in the room today, watching online, who could honestly say, you know what, Chris, I'm stuck in a rut. And I wonder if some mornings we wake up and before our feet hit the floor, we begin to feel ourselves sliding into the deep ruts of our thought patterns and emotions. Now I'm sure there are some mornings where we feel like settling in the mud is so much easier than trying to fight through the demands of the day. Easier to let the negative thoughts in our heads have the win versus having to try to fight them. Settling into those muddy ruts sometimes seems easier than wrestling through the demands of a day. But what I'm hoping and I'm praying is that today, we will question the wisdom of just hanging out in the mud. Question the wisdom of just settling into these same old thought patterns. That perhaps in our recognizing these ruts for what they are, we just might try something different. Listen to a very familiar passage in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. It says, do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The apostle Paul goes on to write in Colossians chapter three and verse two, set your mind on things above, not on things that are here on the earth. Now, I think it goes without saying, we all know what a rut feels like, right? It's thinking the same thoughts, doing the same things, experiencing the same problems, but somehow hoping and doing them, things will get better. It's like we're hopelessly entrenched on a muddy, rugged back road, stuck in the muddy ruts. The Apostle Paul is encouraging us in these previous two passages that I just shared to change our minds from the normal, stinking thinking patterns that, let's face it, we are all prone to have. But let me share what I believe is a true reality, and that is this. If you think that you'll never amount to anything, you likely never will. If you think you will never find a godly man or woman in which to marry, you likely never will. If you think you'll never overcome the physical challenges that you face, because you think that, you likely never will. If you think you'll never kick that addiction, whatever that addiction might be, you likely never will. And here's this, if you think you'll never hold down a steady job, you guessed it, you likely never will. Have you ever heard this phrase before? As a man thinks, so he is. We have to be reminded and understand today that if we settle in the muddiness of our thoughts, the rut, whatever that rut might be, will be even deeper and harder for us to climb out of tomorrow. I love what Pastor Craig says here in the book. He says, if you keep thinking you're a victim who never has a steady job or long-lasting relationships, you are training your brain to look for evidence which supports that belief. He goes on to say, and to filter out evidence which doesn't. You, You condition your brain to reinforce what you already believe. You are thereby creating a victim rut. Friends, the rut of negative thoughts will always be our default response on this side of eternity. It will seem easier than the relentless mental battle that stems from raging, from the raging war in our minds. But listen, as Christians, we are called to set our minds on things above, not on the temporary struggles here on earth. We are called to, re- to renew our minds, to release old thought patterns, and to make way for new ways of thinking a focus on what we do have versus what we don't, a focus on what Jesus has done for us and not a focus on what he hasn't done yet. We've got to find a way, as country folk would say, to gun it, to put the pedal to the metal, to create that momentum and to climb out of the ruts. We must take our eyes off the mud and off the ruts of circumstances of life and put them where they rightly belong, on Jesus. And friends, Jesus, the son of the most high God, is the only way. And any other method or way that we choose is nothing more than cheap junk and lies. So let me ask you, where is your focus today? Where are your thoughts? On Jesus or on your woes and negative thoughts? And are you indeed losing the war in your mind? Let me remind you, You don't have to. Friends, we talked about the way to win any war in your mind. You must remove the lies and replace them with the truth. We must be mindful of the mental ruts. And then there's this, we must embrace the perspective of praise. You know, a very common theme that I hear as a pastor is this. Someone will approach me and say, Chris, I can't seem to get back on track. I don't feel like reading my Bible. And I can't even bring myself to pray. And truth be told, man, I feel so spiritually dry. Now, when I hear that, I try to respond always in love, but it's generally something like this. I ask the question, instead of woe is me, what can you give God the glory for today? I get it. Sometimes it can be a struggle to worship God. After all, the war that's raging in our minds by design is to distract us. It works in our thought patterns and our emotions to prevent us from truly focusing on God. Have you ever been there? How many of us are there right now today? Now, I don't know who needs to hear this, but perhaps you are feeling distant from God today. You've encountered bitter bitter disappointments in your life. You've begun to question the goodness of God. Maybe you've had a long run of bad days, or your current life circumstances have absolutely worn you down you might be thinking, so what should be our response? Well, I think the book of Habakkuk provides a great response. Habakkuk chapter three, verses 17 through 18. Listen to what it says. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. And the psalmist said this in Psalms, chapter 150 and verse six, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So as this war rages on in our minds, it's during these times, praising or thanking God may be the absolute last thing that we want to do. In fact, the reality is this. What is the general default response of most people when they're enduring mental battles? Well, they often close their Bibles they cease prayers, they drop and then fall away from fellowship, some even stop coming to church and they become cynics and skeptics. We like to think, though, that in the trial, in the trouble, in this war, in our mind, we draw close to the Lord because that is truly uh, the only source of relief. But all too often, that's not what we do, right? When we are having a bad day or even seasons when we're not feeling it or we're in the mood for worship, It's easy to allow our negative emotions and our thoughts to dictate our actions. We mentally set up camp on whatever's swirling around in our head at the time. You see, our minds can distract us from the most important thing, the one thing, friends, that can turn everything around, and that is worship. Worship takes the focus off of whatever is distracting us onto the one who has created us. But regretfully, our focus is often the one on the one who is constantly shooting his fiery darts of accusation, condemnation, and accusation. But when we worship God, it helps us to look beyond those circumstances. With our own eyes, we tend to look only at what, is, what the visible world is around us and what is humanly possible. But when we shift our eyes off of ourselves, we can see what God wants us to see through eyes of faith. This helps us to gain the right view of the glory of God and of his power. Make no mistake, God wants our worship, and he longs for our total trust and our commitment. And worship takes our spirits and our minds from a horizontal to a vertical position. Let me explain a little bit further. Horizontally, we focus on what we see and what we hear and what we're feeling. Horizontally, we focus on our own thoughts, our own troubles, and our own emotions. Horizontally, the war waging in our minds is kept on ground level and we fight it in our own strength. But when we worship, even when we don't feel like it, we're taking the fight vertically. We are no longer focusing on what engages our five senses or the circumstances or the foolery that's wearing us out in between our ears. Vertically, we are now focusing on the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We are focusing on the alpha and the omega, the bright morning star, the mighty lion of the tribe of Judah. And coastal, we are taking the war in our minds from ground level to a whole new level. We're going from a place where we cannot win to a place where heaven invades the earth to include the war in your mind. And the Lord, not only reversing The course of the battle that's raging in our minds each and every day, but also healing and restoring the very things the enemy is using to wage battle against you in the first place. Listen to what the psalmist says in Psalms chapter 30 and verse 11. It says, you have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. Psalm 149 and verse three says, let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to win him with tambourine and lyre. In a little while, we will all have another opportunity to worship. But I wanna ask you a question first. Whether you be watching online or here in person, and that is, is there a war raging in your mind right now? Maybe you're fighting things today that it was a a simple mere miracle that you were able to muster the will to get both feet on the edge of the bed today. I wonder if for some today there is a battle weariness. The spirit of uncertainty, confusion, worry, wayward troubled kids, sick family members, anger, financial problems, substance abuse, and relational battles weighing in your mind. Maybe all this is just a reminder for you today. And if it is, Good for you. Praise the Lord. But we also know this. If you're trouble-free today, just wait a little while. Because trouble always has a way of rearing its ugly head at the most inopportune times. I pray you receive these tactics that you can apply today if you need be. And you would apply them in your spiritual tool bag, if you will. Just place them in there for the day when you actually need it. But we all know that in order to win the war in our minds, we've got to remove the lies and replace them with the truth. To win the war in our minds, we must become mindful of the mental ruts that are in our lives. And when we aren't feeling it, we must embrace the perspective of praise. But let me tell you, all of that is impossible without Jesus. It's impossible without Jesus. Without Jesus, we do not stand a chance. Without Jesus, victory and freedom in our minds is little more than just a nice thought. You see, Jesus invites us into relationship with him. In fact, the Bible teaches us that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God has raised him from the dead, we will be saved. The word also tells us that Jesus came that we may have life, and that we might have life more abundantly. Not just an abundant life in this distant, far off eternity, but an abundant life right now. You see, Jesus has already won and defeated the enemy. He has already won the war in your mind. So let me ask you a question. Are you tired of fighting a battle that never ends? A battle that you can't seem to win? Here's the invitation, in person and online. Give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. Surrender the fight to him. If you've drifted away, or if you've gone cold, become indifferent, knowing right here to now, as you hear this message that you need to get your life back on track, know this, you can call on Jesus. Jesus in his word tells us that he stands at the door and he knocks. Invite him into the mess in your head. You see, there's nothing already in your head, as crazy as it might seem, that he doesn't know it's already there. Let him do what you cannot do on your own. Coastal, it's time for us as individuals and as a church to stop despairing and to stop losing. It's time for us as a church and as believers to start living like winners and not losers. It's time for us all to win the war in our minds. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. Oh, your goodness and your mercy, Lord, is too much for us to contain. Oh, Father, how we love you. We love the fact that, Lord, that although life is challenging and life is difficult, we have the assurance of knowing, Lord, that you are amongst us, that you love us, that you care for us, that you absolutely want what's best for us. And, Lord, we thank you for that. But, Lord, you are very much aware as we are, Father, Lord, of the war that rages in our minds, Lord, the negative thoughts and the emotions, the thought patterns, Lord, that we are so prone to take, Father, that are so contrary to you, And so, Father, we come together in agreement today to just ask, Lord, that you would renew our thinking. Help us, Lord, to place our our minds and our focus upon you, Lord. And even in the most challenging and trying days, Lord, that your spirit remind us, Lord, that you're with us and that you're not gonna forsake us. Father, we pray for those, Lord, who may be coming to you for the very first time or for those who have drifted away. Lord, we would just pray and ask, Lord, that they would say something like this. Father, forgive me. I have tried my own way, and I've come up empty. Father, I've gone battle-weary, Lord, from the war that's raging in my mind. I'm tired, Father, Lord, of just wrestling, Lord, through life and not seemingly finding my way. Father, I surrender it to you. I accept, Lord, the free gift of salvation, the work, Lord, that you've done upon the cross for my sins and the sins of the world, Lord. I receive it, and I invite you now, Lord, to come into my heart to restore me, Lord, from the inside out, to make right, Lord, that which is wrong, and that I may commit my life, Lord, to following in you. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this church. Thank you for our pastor. Lord, we love you, and may we continue to be the lighthouse, Lord, in this dark and dying world. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.